As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. We are headed to Big Ten country. That is Scott Docterman. If you're watching on the YouTube feed, that is Scott Docterman with the Johnny Cash shirt on in his office. Ari Wasserman is here. We split up the SEC teams for 2024 with their three permanent opponents. We're going to do the same with the Big Ten teams today. But before we do that, (laughs) Scott is here and we have not had Scott on the show since that magical, magical day when the greatest contract addendum in the history of the world came out. Brian Ferentz back for another year as Iowa's offensive coordinator. But the contract terminates if Iowa either does not win at least seven games or does not average 25 points a game. And also, full Parker's defense their scoring also counts in the average. It's an amazing contract. And, and and the fact that it came out five days after Kirk said that he didn't foresee any changes on the staff, um, it's, an, it's another ready-shoot aim from the Iowa Athletic Department because this is the type of thing, just get it out of the way once and don't have to talk about it again. But, but now we get to talk about it again because otherwise it would have went under the radar on the second national signing day and all the portal talk instead on a, on a brilliant Monday of last week. We get, oh yeah, here's three new pages to Brian's contract, including the, the termination date. Um, if they don't average 25 points or get to seven wins and, um, you know, it's interesting because they have a two-year automatic rollover for every assistant who's been there a year. And so they stopped the rollover to make sure that they could fire Brian Ferentz. Um, this is the only way I think the, that Gary Barta could say he has a win in this situation because having Kirk there, he can't apply the pressure to force him out. They, they're the longest duo together, AD coach in the country. And uh, and yet Kirk remained steadfast. He wasn't going to fire Brian. So this is somewhat of a win, but it 
puts a it's a weird spin on the season and and now everybody's going to have charts. I probably should put one up there instead of my old high school. Well, we're going to have a, we're going to have a graphic if you watch this on the YouTube stream. Uh, we'll have a graphic in the probably uh, thinking well maybe upper right hand corner. I don't know. We that's where we usually put the show on every logo. show on every yeah. show, not just <laughs> yeah. the ones that we're talking about. So Iowa. it'll yeah. start it it'll start at three twenty five. And every point they score, we will we will subtract a point. And so, yes, on a random Wednesday show, we could be talking about Boise State, but you know, it's uh, on a random Wednesday in October, it's going to say something like two hundred thirty four points. Okay, in so the corner. Sc- so, Scott, I just want to ask you two questions in a non funny way. Like, I'm genuinely curious. So, you covered it. And you were in the thick of it last year uh, as a serious, very good journalist and not grab assily like we were on the podcast. <laughs> How surprised are you? What that part of speech is grab assily before we move on? I don't know. There will be somebody in the comments here to correct kind of an grammar. adjective there, a compound adjective. Um, but like, are you surprised by this or is this like because everybody's like, oh, the least surprising thing in the world. He was never going to do it. Blah, blah, blah. But like, did you think that there was a chance he was going to do it? And then the second part is what? Like, how are you doing personally? Like, are you happy about this? Are you annoyed by it? Does it make it more interesting, less interesting? Like, you know, I want to know, like, how Scott Docterman is actually feeling about it. Well, thank you for your concerns. I guess I'll start with the first part. And I was I was surprised because I thought Brian would find his way back into the NFL. Um, Some of the things that he does well, uh, I've said it before, he is an outstanding offensive line coach. He did a great job with Iowa. Um, I did a five, uh, five question topical thing on, on Sunday with Rob, Rob Gronkowski. He taught Gronk how to block and Gronk went off on just saying how great Brian was and teaching him how to do it the right way and everything like that. So it's kind of the Peter principle here. Uh, coordinating the offense wasn't real good, but they had a lot of bad parts to go along with it. I figured Brian would get back to the NFL, uh, maybe rejoin his Patriots. Bill O'Brien and he are really close. Uh, he worked for uh, Bill Belichick as his dad did back in the early '90s. So I guess I am a little bit surprised that so, he is back in this role. Can, can I can I raise my hand and ask a question here? You mentioned that Brian Ferentz is a great offensive line coach, and he's recognized as a great offensive line coach. It is possible to be the offensive coordinator and the offensive line coach. Why does he coach the quarterbacks who have not been good at playing quarterback? Maybe they can block. Maybe they're the best blocking quarterbacks in the world. Yeah, they, they've had a they've had two under his watch. And and here's the here's why it's I can see some of this. And, and this is the bigger picture. His first quarterback was Nate Stanley, who threw 68 touchdown passes for, for three years. Uh, it's It was 13th in you Big know, Ten in, history. In college football now, good quarterbacks throw like 40 in a Right. <laughs> but at the time, at the time, it, it was 13th in Big Ten history. So, you know, he had some success. The last three years combined, Spencer Petras, largely the quarterback, they've thrown 28. So quarterback does have a, a big impact. And the fact that they went to the transfer portal and grabbed Cade McNamara, I think should improve that position greatly. Um, so, you know, that that's part of it there. And, and yes, he could probably do that. But in, in Kirk Ferentz's world, he wants somebody strictly to work with the offensive line. And what doomed Iowa more than even more than the quarterback play last year was they had two classes pretty much completely wiped out the 18 and 19 classes. Uh, They had one guy, one scholarship guy still on the roster in the two deep last year, 
and he was marginal at best. So they were basically going from sophomore and younger uh, in that group, and that's why they failed to even get a running game because I think they actually had a a great offensive line coach on the staff who could coach them up (laughs) and uh, head coach too. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a guru as well. So they had young players who were developmental. Um, They didn't have any older veterans had they had them because Iowa usually would have like one stud, a couple of seniors who were tryhard guys who got it at the end. They didn't have any of them. And but to their credit, they did go to the portal. They grabbed two guys that um, one could one has a pretty good starter kit and the other one looks like he'll step in and play right away. Well, I here here's my thing about this. And we were talking about this before we started recording. This is only interesting if the defense remains really good. Like if the defense is is mediocre or less, which I don't think it'll ever be or less with Phil Parker there. But if if the defense is mediocre and the offense remains bad, then they're just a bad team. At well, this point. this can't happen because uh, Iowa's defensive staff is so good. But wouldn't it be hilarious if Iowa like averaged thirty nine points a game offensively this year, but their defense was terrible was and terrible. They, <laughs> and they <laughs> lost. They lost this. They were six and six, and they lost their last game of the year because their team, their defense, gave them fifty three points. Then what happens? <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they lose. A, they lose a fifty three fifty shootout to Nebraska. In the when last you think game about the, when, you, when you think about the but <laughs> the all the possibilities of how this could go completely off the rails, like that's probably on the lower end of 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 likely, <laughs> yeah. but. There are a lot of very funny scenarios as it pertains to how that contract is written that by the letter of the law, that contract might not be in the spirit of what they're hoping for. And it's still not matter. So like I'm, I'm like high alert. Like Iowa is must watch this year. Um, and is that like a good thing, Scott? You didn't answer me. Does that, are you, <laughs> are you happy or are you just like, Oh God, I can't watch this on the road in the winter three, like six more times. I actually think they'll be pre- they'll be decent on offense. I'm not going to go as far as to say good or vastly improved or any of that happy horse, you know what? But <laughs> I, I, I do think that they'll be better. I mean, they added six six new starters in the transfer portal, and and so they they did it the the smart way this time around. But I you know will that make them must watch TV? Probably not. If they're, uh, you know, say eight and two, they'll probably just be another nice team that shows up every week on the on the rankings. And, uh, you know, their defense will be elite again. It, it may even be better statistically than they were last year. And last year they held nine opponents to 10 points or less. They lost two of those games. But, uh, you know, what fascinating look will be like what happened in the scenario against uh, Wisconsin. I think they had like 151 yards of total offense. They won 24 to 10. But that's 24 points, right? Well, mm. they did have the ball at the Wisconsin 20 yard line and they took, you know, they just kind of handed it off and ended the game. Now, <laughs> you know, they may end up kicking a field goal to get to 27. That That's to, the to part closer. that fascinates me is how many just sad touchdowns and field goals will get scored to make sure that this contract doesn't terminate. Well, the thing that stinks is they're the worst possible outcome for the for the fans would be a a nine and three or a 10 and two team that averages 26 points a game. And it's just like normal Iowa. Good. You know, cause if we just get what they, what's made them good again, um, because like the, the way that the contract is written, Scott, and you know, this, if they added six new pieces and you think they will be marginally better or, or, you know, 
visibly improved. The benchmark of what he has to attain is so low that like he could still be mediocre um, right. and hard to watch, but also not interesting enough to lose his job. So like like the idea of like being right in the sweet spot of not awful, but not good, but good enough to to reach those minuscule numbers that 75 other coaches have or 75 other programs reached a year ago than it just be like Iowa football that we've come to know like I either want them to be amazing so we can talk about like the turnaround or the unthinkable or I want them to be the worst offense in the history of assembled football I also want Brian though (laughs) if if they happen to be amazing I want Brian Ferentz to be absolutely insufferable because I know oh yeah I would be yeah if if I spent you know last year with all of us idiots telling me how terrible I am at my job and suddenly everything turned around, I would be rubbing it in your faces constantly. <laughs> but you know what's going to happen? We're going to hype it up all offseason and Iowa's going to go 10-2 and two, and they're going to average 26.9 points a game and their defense is going to be awesome. Their only two losses are going to be against the, the two top-tier teams in the Big Ten. They're going to backdoor their way into the Big Ten championship game and it's just going to be the most Iowa season ever and then nothing is going to change. Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. What if they get shut out in the Big Ten championship game and that drops them below the average and they can't make it up in a bowl game? I don't know. They'll they'll block a few punts and run them in in the in the Big Ten championship <laughs> game. <laughs> I mean, that is like, possible. Phil, Phil Parker has to start asking Brian to to slip him some cash at that point, right? Well, you know, there was a reason why last year. I mean, they were they were at a comparable level. Uh, pay wise, and then then last year I think Kirk got it and gave uh, Phil a four hundred thousand dollar raise, and then Brian I think got a sixty k raise, and then of course this year he got knocked down another fifty k, um, which actually was more like a one hundred and twenty thousand dollar drop because he would have normally got an eight percent raise just from going to a bowl game, but but you know you look at like Iowa's first opponent is uh, Utah State, and last yep. year they were. 105th and scoring, de- you know, defense and uh, had the most penalties of so any I team. I was going to roll up 32 points against them. Uh, it might be a little more than that because <laughs> they'll get three pick sixes. But you know, <laughs> I mean, last year, you know, 24 percent of their of their touchdowns came on defense. They had six defensive touchdowns and mm-hmm. and they had <laughs> they have some pretty I, good the, players. My favorite on defense. part of it is those count for Brian Ferentz yeah. in this. It shouldn't equation. count. It should be offensive points. And, and the uh, thing that we don't we're not accounting for too is how many times <laughs> Iowa turns the other team over deep in their territory, and then Iowa could get a layup touchdown. Well, Brody King in the in the chat, Barta has already won Iowa's must see TV. If they're close, if they're close, that Nebraska game becomes the highest rated game in Iowa history. It would be the highest rated game in the history of the Big Ten Network because they they always take that Black Friday game on the Big Ten Network. Not this year. This year it's going to be CBS, baby. What? It's going to take, yes. What? It's a CBS <laughs> or, or NBC. Maybe NBC wants it at prime time, you know, uh, over in Lincoln. And, you know. Oh, uh, can you, you can imagine I be, the I drive you, for 325 yeah. in you, prime time? If you polled <laughs> Iowa fans, I bet you they would want this to be a terrible year. There is a strong sentiment in that factor. I mean, when, when Kirk announced he came back, I just you know, hid my replies because I didn't want to see them. And then let's, let's check in on our favorite Iowa fan <laughs> listener slash viewer Vaughn. This is torture. <laughs> it is torture. Um, <laughs> that, that about sums it up. 
<laughs> well, I, I tell you, you know, Ari, you asked me how I was doing. Let's put it this way. When I was down in Nashville and uh, the day before the game, I ran into Brian and, and uh, he actually came up to me and goes, man, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> you know, and it's not so much that I had to watch his offense all year. It was more that um, we get drug on Twitter and other things that were Iowa reporters for not asking the tough questions. Well, we do. We just don't like the answers. And we can't affect change. I mean, this is the one yeah. place. This isn't Wait, like Auburn where you can you just, just, you know. Did you just say that Brian Farron said he felt bad for you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hey, yeah, what I a mish. Hey, yeah. okay. What a mish. <laughs> okay. Wow. So, <laughs> but I, the, the not asking the tough questions part is hilarious to me because you guys have asked it every way you can possibly ask it. Like, I know everybody wants it to be those Mike Wallace 60 Minutes mm-hmm. interview where the, the subject finally cracks and starts crying. It's like, you, I admit it. I was <laughs> lying. That doesn't happen in the real world. Like, Kirk no. Ferentz is not going to get up in a press conference and go, you know what? You guys were right. This was terrible. I mean, he this was wrote a, bad idea. a contract that his son could not fail at, I think. Mm-hmm. So... It, the way know, the contract is written, it means that he's made up his mind already for the future. He, What people want is, you know, Kirk to sit there like Colonel Nathan Jessup on A Few Good Men, and I'm Tom Cruise. <laughs> Why don't you fire Brian? You know, that that's what people want. But I mean, they got it. They got it from Doug. You want Brian on that play call sheet. You need <laughs> Brian on that play call yeah. sheet. Doug got... got uh, he got Kirk spicy, a little bit up, You know, yeah. you, not that you didn't ask the questions. You did. All right, but like so... He, Andrew in the chat, stealing Ari's bit, asks Vaughn a would you rather. Would you take not making a bowl for three years if it meant Iowa would have a top 30 offense for the next 10 years? I think he would do it. I think any, I, I think any Iowa fan would take that. Because that means for, the, for those 10 years, top 30 offense would be a team that could maybe win the Big Ten. And also those, those 10 probably lead into more top 30 offenses and, and even better teams. Vaughn's like, yeah. Vaughn says yes. Vaughn's in. So No, he really? said it like with the depressed spelling. Yeah. Bro, yeah. Bro, bro, Brody with the greatest question in the chat. When they reach 325 points, does Brian get a Gatorade bath mid-game? What color would the Gatorade be? Oh, it, it, it'd be clear. I mean, there's no question. No, I think it would be here, green. Here's what I want. <laughs> like money. You know, like the game shows where they have this the, the pyramid of cash like just sitting there like this is what you could win. <laughs> I think Brian's annual salary for 2024 should be brought out like wheeled out in <laughs> small denominations, ones, tens, like giant stacks and <laughs> onto the field the moment they hit 325. Or one yep. of those like uh dodgeball treasure chests at the end of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. exactly. Well, if they hit it if they hit it at the last home game cuz the last game will be at Nebraska, but if they hit it at that Illinois game. They should just bring oh, no. out these big fans I wanna, and I want it bro. Oh, yes, line. like a money cannon. Yes. And I, everybody's grabbing it for Brian. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right. (laughs) Enough. We've made Scott suffer enough. We promised we would not make him suffer all day today. So we're going to tap into another one of his areas of expertise, and that is the Big Ten schedule, because we did this with the SEC on Tuesday's show, where we picked the three fixed opponents for for each team starting in 2024. The Big Ten should probably have a similar schedule coming up. They're trying to figure out what to do. Scott, I feel like this is a little bit easier than the SEC, just because there, there's not as it, it doesn't feel like there's as many like it feels like there's a lot more history for more schools, but there's not as many kind of hard and fast. Like if you do this, this is, this is the end of this rules. I, I feel like if you got a good traveling trophy, there's a good chance you're going to get to play a game still. And you know, other than that, let's, let's make some blockbusters. So we started the sec with Texas because it was the easiest one to just populate the three but texas also was the team that made the rest of the conference more complicated because it took up spots from a right. and and other schools like we don't have uh the new additions to the big 10 and usc and ucla don't have any existing geographical rivals in this conference already right so it gives them more uh we have more wiggle room to make it yeah. work based on putting them wherever yeah. we feel like, is best. like in, in Texas, yeah. Texas coming in, brings one of its rivals with it, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and then reunites with two mm-hmm. really hated rivals in A&M and Arkansas. So that, that made that very easy, but let's, so should we start with just the, the, the two blockbuster teams, the ones that drive the ratings, Ohio, State, Iowa, Michigan. Oh, Ohio State, Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to drive the ratings this year for sure. Yeah. Well, it could be a trend, but yeah, let's go ahead. Well, let's start there. Um, and like those, those are because Michigan has two and Ohio State has two, right? Uh, well, maybe more so Michigan. Michigan, Michigan has to play Ohio State and Michigan two. State. Right. Mm-hmm. Michigan absolutely must play Ohio State and Michigan State. There, There is no question about that. So who should we who should we make the third Michigan opponent? Well, I look at there's a there's several that come to mind and I I went through the we we were doing a poll and it, and it publishes on Thursday and uh, Minnesota is a historic one but it doesn't mm-hmm. fit here because it it was the oldest uh, the jug is one of the oldest trophy it is the oldest trophy and it was but it's not a competitive series and it cycled off the annual schedule back in the 90s so even though it still has a hun- more than 100 games it's not really relevant here and i'm going to veto it if i'm the president of fox and be like no no yeah. no we can do you better can play, than this you can play that one two every uh, twice every 4 years and be fine i put for the first edition here ucla and I think uh, getting Michigan, UCLA, I think it, even though UCLA is kind of like Maryland West right now, it still has kind of a, you know, a panache to it. That, And I think Michigan brings that out of them. 
Um, because I think you either do that with Michigan, um, with UCLA or USC, and I'd rather save the other one for USC. Ari, what would you what would you do? Would you would you add one of the new ones in that third spot? Would you go, you know, somebody like Penn State? My would you go my initial thought process Wisconsin? would be Penn State. I like the Michigan Wisconsin game. Uh, uh, so one of the guys I, I do radio with suggested that they should play that game and the winner gets the Upper Peninsula. Like I think that would be a great <laughs> annual game and the the winner gets control of the Upper Peninsula. So here's the thing that is going to be. We ran into this with the SEC, too, in terms of competitive balance. And I think the thing that people were were and are upset about in the Big Ten is that the East is just a harder division than the West, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, if you want to have blockbuster matchups, you have to put the best teams or the best programs against each other. So, like, to me, uh, the Michigan-Penn State game is one of the best games of the Big Ten every year, you know? But then you'd be putting yourself in a position where Penn State would get Michigan State, Ohio State, and Penn and Michigan, and then Michigan would get Ohio State, Michigan State, and Penn State, and that like wouldn't be fair. So like I don't think we should care about that. But if if you're talking about what I would want from as a viewer, um, I would want to see Ohio State, Michigan, and Ohio State, Penn State every year, mm-hmm. and so Michigan, wanna, Penn State every year. Those three so you, teams. But see, here's my thing. I I feel like we can spread the wealth without them all playing each other every year. Like, because we can we can have Penn State play somebody else. We could have like Michigan, UCLA. I like, but I think we can do better than that. I think we can. I think we can. And I realize you want to you want to match UCLA against a kind of old line Big Ten program. But what about what about if we put Wisconsin here and? I because I just I like that I like that game. I don't but know. But then you maybe, take Wisconsin, you take Wisconsin off the board then because then they have Minnesota, Iowa, and Penn State, and then they're done, right? Well, they'd have Minnesota and Iowa and or sorry, and, what did I say? Minnesota, and, and Iowa, and Michigan. Yeah. So they would yeah. be finished at that point. I'd be fine but, with that. Um and then you put Penn State would be done then too, right? Because they'd have Michigan State, Ohio State, and Wisconsin. Or are we not? Because like Penn State has to Scott play. Scott has them with right? Rutgers, but I'm not putting like uh, Rutgers is in Maryland. They're going to play each other, and like yeah, th- this is what we did in the SEC, where mm-hmm. there were some schools at the end where like we're sorry, but these games are more winnable, so quit complaining. Yeah, and we can't separate Michigan State and Penn State, can we? Well, we could. Um, the the one thing that I and I did this more on what I envision happening as opposed to what I'd like right. to see happening. And uh, what I envision happening is everybody gets one automatic. You're going to play this team till eternity. And even though Penn State and Michigan State don't necessarily regard each other as supreme rivals, they've kind of been shoehorned there. I think that's probably the one where, well, okay, I guess we are, and and they kind of move on because Penn State in our vote and it makes sense. They want to play Ohio state every year. And that's generally on average, the second highest rated regular season game in the big 10 is Ohio state, Penn state. So you want that game. It's yeah. a rivalry and you want to make, you want to kind of throw a bone to Penn state. Um, and likewise, Michigan state uh, is adamant wanting to play Michigan, probably less so on Michigan's part, but that said, so I think that's why I look at it this way. Now, if you want to break them up, that's fine. I, I view Michigan State in the same venue. We we used to make a joke at, at where I used to work that uh, Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Iowa are three polar bears fighting over the same sheet of ice. So I look at them as pretty equal programs 
here, not necessarily vaulting Michigan State with uh, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan as uh, supreme powers. But I think they get the benefit of the doubt there a little bit because of their affiliation in the Big Ten East and how we've come to view them the last 10 years right. and how well, they've, how, how well uh, frankly, they've competed in that division. Well, well they co- competed in the, in the were legends. they in the Legends? No, no, they I'm saying, but like yeah. the last five, seven years, yeah. Michigan State has been one of the more consistent teams in the Big Ten East. I mean, no, you would think that, it's actually opposite of that. They they've been everything from three and nine to eleven and two in the last five years. So yeah. th- they've had some great years, like two true. years. Two they years just ago. had transcendent years when Penn State really had only had one. So they, I'm, I'm gonna save I'm gonna save UCLA. I'm gonna make Wisconsin, Michigan's third. And so that means so does that mean we does that mean we've filled Wisconsin? I think we fill Wisconsin at that point, right? Yeah, Minnesota, Iowa, Michigan. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and Michigan State now, we have Michigan, Penn State, and who? I threw Maryland there. Um, that was, again, a kind of a throwaway. I have no problem if you want to say, hey, UCLA, that'd be a good color. I game. think that'd UCLA be a would be I a like good – because uh, I don't care. Like I'm going to – I'll say it right now. I don't care what happens to Maryland and Rutgers and Indiana and Purdue. Like right. We'll figure them out at the end. Yeah. So – as Ari said in the SEC one, like Vandy, if you don't like this, win more games, and mm-hmm. and we'll give you something. more And then fun this next also time. puts you in a position where you actually could win more games too, right? Um, so that that's good. And you know, forget competitive balance. Uh, I like the idea of UCLA and Michigan State because I don't think we could continue this. The one game that I will die on the hill for on this. Of Ohio the non-negotiable games, yes, that has to happen. Okay, that's like we're a, re, good. Let's a rekindling, now. Yeah. a rekindling of the '70s Rose Bowl rivalry. Yeah. But also, you want to create ratings and indoctrinate yep. the the new program. And I mean, that's that's a must. Oh, so, Ohio State is the ultimate ratings driver in college football. Is mm-hmm. the best single best ratings driver there is. Ohio State has to play the three best ratings teams it can play: Michigan, Penn State, USC. That has to be the three. Although the Michigan State game has also been very good for Ohio State as well, because they've been a pretty big thorn. It in their has, side. but, but we're going to get we're going to get two of those every four years. Yeah, and and USC is just who doesn't want to watch that game? Like Michigan, Michigan State, way more. And obviously, we're going to mm-hmm. play that. Like that's mm-hmm. getting played no matter what. But we, we that one that one is way more fun, just in terms of hatred and everything else. So yeah. Michigan, Penn State, USC playing Ohio State. That's which is done. a tougher schedule for Ohio State, but frankly, in the expanded playoff world, who cares? Like they they could lose two of those games and still make it. Yeah, I mean, they're still going to play six other teams in the Big 10 and you might yeah. just say you're going to play Purdue, Indiana, Illinois, Rutgers, Maryland and Nebraska or something like that and But and, who doesn't uh, want to see fun. an Ohio State schedule that is that has USC, Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan State, and Michigan on it? That's this is going to be I mean, that is a blockbuster like that's a if you're the Fox executives, that is exactly what you brought USC in the league Mm -hmm. for. That's what you want right there. Uh, Scott, can I ask you an Iowa question? I know you're you're, sure you're you're a little Iowa out, but how many points are they going to score this year? No, I'm I'm kidding. Three hundred twenty six. How many Iowa fans would like to see an annual Iowa Penn State series? Because I kind of want one. It's it's one of those series where I think it's organically, it's one of the best in the Big Ten. You look at almost yeah. every single game. They've come down to the end. They've had some moments. I mean, Saquon Barkley 
Uh, what he did at, at Kinnick a few years ago was just unreal. Um, over the years, he would. It's a uh, great Adrian Claiborne yeah. blocking the punt in the whiteout. Like, come on, yeah. <laughs> this has been a great series. And you know, even two years ago, where <laughs> you have uh, Penn State players that were injured slash we don't know, and then and then you had the coaches chirping at each other after the fact. I mean, it would be a great annual series. I'm glad that they had that in that first. Uh, East versus West. It was four to two, but the uh, in favor of Penn State. But one of those games was decided on the last play of the game on a touchdown can, pass. Can we Tracy do that? I I think that would be one because here's the thing with, with especially with these old line Big Ten schools, the the huge alumni base Big Ten schools. You know, Ohio State and Michigan are their own animal, mm-hmm. but Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Iowa. Illinois, like all of these schools have massive alumni bases. And when the games are good, everybody clamor, clamors on like and, and Penn State and Iowa play good games. Mm-hmm. That's why I just I, I think that like I think Penn State's should be Penn uh, should be Ohio State, Michigan State and Iowa. <laughs> I tell you what, I won't kick out any of the three because that they are it would it would wound Iowa. I, I would think if Iowa fans had a choice, you got to you got to keep the Gophers. They have the greatest trophy in sports. Well, but this is this is a problem. If I put Iowa here, we're going to lose Nebraska or Wisconsin, and, and I, I don't know if we can do that. Nebraska would be the one that I think people would vote out. Um, but the Big Ten has put a lot of equity in that series. Uh, Black Friday and. Um, I, uh, All right, know, so give give me an alternative to Iowa for well, that I think, third Penn I think, State opponent. Okay, yeah, I don't know if I, good games, but I think that Iowa's basically set. Okay, well, we'll all right, let's let's give Iowa because you're right that that is probably the easiest. That's sort of like Texas was in the SEC, where this all makes I, sense. So we'll we'll go Minnesota, Nebraska, and and Wisconsin for that. I would for Penn State's number three USC. Okay, I like well, it. Remember Sam Darnold going head to head with uh, Trace McSorley in the Rose oh, yeah. Bowl, and it went right down to the end. And and, and was this that the is the game one, where the over was like 197 points. Yeah, yes. it was crazy. Yeah. And this is one similar to what we said with the SEC. We don't need to look at this as a as a 50 year plan. Mm-hmm. There are certain games that are never going to get moved. Like certain teams will always play each other, but some of these, like like Penn State USC. Let's say USC plays two amazing games against Wisconsin in that four-year period, and you go, you know what? Let's let's match USC and Wisconsin every year for the next four years. We can do that. Like, there's no reason you can't do that. I just want uh, USC's uh, all three of them to be uh, Rutgers, Maryland, and uh, another one of the most further east. Uh, <laughs> geographical Penn State, team. Penn State, yeah. Uh, the, the the worst one to get to, uh, that would probably be Penn State or well, that or means may, we finish Purdue. <laughs> that if if we're putting USC with Penn State, which I agree is a massive ratings bonanza, I'm happy with that. That means we're done with USC. USC mm-hmm. has UCLA, Ohio State, and Penn State, I'm which is exactly perfect. Yeah, I'm good with that. Remember right. what Jim Delaney did with Nebraska when they when Nebraska joined the league. He had them in the Legends division. They were playing Michigan. They were playing Iowa, Michigan State. Their crossovers that year were Ohio State and uh, in Wisconsin. They opened mm-hmm. big. Their first Big Ten game was at Camp Randall at night when Russell Wilson was the quarterback. And 
um, the fans ended up chanting uh, Big Ten football at them the whole time. So, so so Domer in the chat says, it seems cup play, cupcakes play cupcakes and big dogs play big dogs. Great TV ratings, but many argue that it isn't equitable and leads back to the current mismatch in East-West. No, it doesn't lead back to any mismatch in divisions because there are no more divisions. And you know what it, you know what it does is it allows those bad teams to lose fewer games. And it gives us the better product, which is the entire games. point of the sport. Right, Andy? Yes, it's it's an entertainment product. So we're going to try to entertain you. We'll be right back after these words. Let's go to Nebraska now. So we, we were just talking about them. We've got Iowa as one, which makes perfect sense. Should we put UCLA with Nebraska? Yeah. That's I think a good, for that's a great reasons. color game too. uniform yeah. game. You know, they looking at it, uh, Nebraska and the Rose Bowl, you know, that red with that, um, that background of the San Gabriel Mountains, it looks good. They've had kind of a little bit of a history there. Uh, I think that would be a good one. The, the interesting one to me, and I put it, and this is where it likely would land, is with Minnesota and, and Nebraska. And this is why I think this is what they could do is, hey, for your first four years, you get Minnesota. But what happens if Matt Rule takes Nebraska back to being Nebraska and PJ Flex program kind of flounders? Right. In you're going to want you're going to want the freedom to put Nebraska against Michigan or Ohio State. Right. If you can, you know, or USC. And and the other yeah. thing is with UCLA, you do get that is the closest geographic school uh, to the uh, to the West Coast. So you're only flying three hours instead of five <laughs> every year. So for the other Nebraska opponent, would that be Minnesota? Does yes. that make the most sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the bit of uh, what is it? The, the chair that got broken. <laughs> the bits of broken chair, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. By the way, Braden Gall is the uh, is the guy. I, I couldn't remember which of my radio co-hosts had come up with the the Michigan and Wisconsin play for the Upper Peninsula every year. Yeah. Braden Gall is the, is the the steward of that idea. So, <laughs> all right. So we're we've actually we're moving down the line. We, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. We have completed the set on. Wow. So, okay. So who do we have left here? Let me well let me review what we've got so far because this this is I know if you're listening in podcast form this is hard. So it's hard to co-host it too. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe I should just be putting this in in, in our chat in a Google Doc. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I got it. Michigan mm-hmm. Michigan has Ohio State Michigan State and Wisconsin. Wisconsin has Minnesota Iowa and Michigan. Michigan State has Michigan Penn State and UCLA. Ohio State has Michigan, Penn State, and USC. By the way, I'm so excited just saying this out loud. (laughs) Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State, USC. Iowa, Minnesota, Nebraska, Wisconsin. USC has UCLA, Ohio State, and Penn State. Nebraska has Iowa, UCLA, and Minnesota. UCLA has Michigan State, Nebraska, and USC. And Minnesota is done too. Yeah. Yeah, we've got Minnesota. That's what I was about to say. So Minnesota has Nebraska, Iowa. Who's the other one? Wisconsin. 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 That's right. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. So we're more than we're more than halfway through. We're rolling. Who who should we do next? Illinois. <laughs> Illinois. All right. <laughs> All right. So Northwestern's. We have, we've one, not scheduled right? Northwestern or Illinois against anybody. So yeah, we got to be <laughs> Northwestern. The battle for the state. Illinois. Purdue. Okay. Mm-hmm. In Indiana. That's what makes the most sense um, of the three. I mean, they play Northwestern now for the Abe Lincoln hat. They the land of Lincoln trophy. It used to be the sweet suit tomahawk, but that was well, Let me ask you this, Scott. Who mm-hmm. is Chicago's Big Ten team? Wisconsin. Um, 
Everybody but Northwestern. <laughs> I was going to say Michigan, but Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> um, Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, Wisconsin, uh, Purdue to some extent. I just yeah, want to know how much money in advertising dollars has been spent by both of those two teams to have that campaign and oh to fail God. miserably, both of them. <laughs> Illinois probably is. I mean, and, and, you, and you there's know. also no talent in football in Chicago for the most part. And, sub- and if, well, there right. is some, but it, it, it goes to. It's Notre not like Dame it's Atlanta. Goes, Let's put yeah. it that way. No. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's yeah. It's basketball territory is what yeah. it is. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it's pretty funny. I mean, to, to see that the Chicago's uh, team, because you go on a Saturday in the Chicagoland area and you're going to see red for Wisconsin. You're going to see blue and you know, maize and blue for Michigan. You're going to see black and gold for the Hawkeyes and green for the Spartans because, hey, Mark Hollis, it's, it's interesting when they organized legends and leaders. Hollis went to the Big Ten and said, I'm adamant about playing Michigan every year, but the other team I want to play every year, Northwestern, so we can be in Chicago. Um, and recruit there and, and makes sense. You know, I was over Penn State and they got them. And then after the legends and leaders expired, then they got them for six years and in, in the East versus West crossovers. Well, this is but this is the part where, where people get mad. And I, and I feel like, you know, with the SEC, we're, we were just kind of filling in here toward the end. I like what we did with the SEC. The only and, and you guys actually had me put LSU with Ole Miss when I did it for the column I put uh Mississippi State with with LSU and then LSU with or excuse me Ole Miss with Auburn because I was trying to create the storyline thing the yeah Ole the Miss freeze you freeze the freeze bowl but I would have been fine switching those up it would have worked out either way but I realize if you're Vandy if you're Kentucky if you're Missouri you're like oh you guys are just but but think about what they're trying to do at the top. They are trying to create these massive games, these four and five and six and sometimes over 10 million viewer games. Those, like, one of those is better than five one million viewer games. Right. You got to remember that. Yeah. So that's the hard part. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, it, and that's true because you could just take a, you know, an Illinois Purdue game and put it, Hey, you're going to play on Friday night on uh, the Peacock, you know, and you're going to stream it. So you're, you're fine with that. That's where it's going to land anyway. And mm-hmm. and Illinois, Ohio State, which has a huge history, but not much, uh, you know, it's it's pretty hammer nailish, you know. So <laughs> I, I don't think that uh, it, you're losing much if you're not playing it every year. I mean that that one they actually played every year from 1914 to nine to 2003. Yeah, and uh, before it cycled off because of the Illibuck. But I don't even. I mean. It almost got lost in Ohio. In Ohio, well, and it. and that's the thing we we were talking about with the SEC. Like, it, it's not the same in the Big Ten mm-hmm. in terms of the politics, but in the SEC, you had Kentucky and Mississippi State and and some other schools going. Well, we want to stay at eight because we want to be able to schedule for bowl eligibility. So, mm-hmm. the drawback is we're not giving you annually some superstar team that's going to sell out your stadium for sure, but you're also going to get fixed opponents that you can probably beat mm-hmm. in a given year and or that you're going to have a more even matchup. Or at least so allows I, a, a situation where one of the teams, if they um, are headed in the right direction more so than the others, a chance to separate from the bottom of the pack. Right. And there's also six other schedule spots mm-hmm. where you're you have a very good chance of drawing a, su- a, a superpower. And, and that's the thing, like. 
if you get a year where Ohio State and Wisconsin are coming to your stadium, like you're going to sell some tickets. You're I mean, sell also too, like mm-hmm. in a world where uh, twelve teams make the playoff too, you're also not even penalizing the teams at the top for playing those high-rated games in terms of right. The and that's the only reason we're anymore. doing this. Like this is still a four-team playoff. I don't feel comfortable doing this. I think those schools would would push back very hard against this. I think if you if you pitch this to them now, they don't care. They're like, sure, whatever. Yeah, let's do it. Right. So, well, well it, it, there's just, um, you know, I think some of these teams need to, the SEC needs to go to nine. I mean, there's just no que- yeah. question. Yeah. I don't about think it. there's a, any way they don't. I, you know, we, we discussed this and I'm, I've, I've been very <laughs> outspoken on that. Like if you, if you have A&M and Texas in your league and you don't have them play football every year, that's just the stupidest thing you can. And like, every you are single stupid. Should be fired. <laughs> yeah. That's what I wrote. You are stupid. If you don't do that. So <laughs> and, it's and not the other as, fact. When you dramatic have team, in the Big Ten, but well, in the Big Ten, teams like like an Iowa gets hammered for a non-conference schedule, but it's like you're already playing nine Power Five teams in your league plus Iowa State. Well, and Iowa State's been good since Matt Campbell's been there, so like that matters, right? And so people, well, you got a cupcake schedule. It's like, well, compared to the SEC, where there are a few teams that play eight games and sometimes not another Power Five. I, I, I used to love to blow people's minds when they, they would talk about Florida's non-conference schedule and they'd be like, yeah. well, they haven't left the state for a non-conference yeah. game since blah, 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 blah. And they're, they're, they're actually doing that finally. They're going to Utah this year. <laughs> but um, but I, I said, I said, oh, can you name me another team that had to play a top four team in its non-conference every year from 1987 to 2000? And they're like, excuse me? I'm like, yeah, Florida State was like yeah. the most dominant program in college football for that stretch. They yeah. had to play him every year. So it's and, it. But like with Iowa, yeah, you got to play Matt Campbell's Iowa State team and nine conference games. It's you're you're challenging yourself. You got 10 power five opponents. But, yeah. but here's the thing we know, and that is college football programs, conferences, they could run the bowl system. What they could say Better. is, look, anybody, yeah. yeah, anybody who plays ten Power Five opponents sh- should only have could reach bowl eligibility with five wins instead of making it six and six. So therefore, the SEC gets what it wants, which is more inventory for ESPN, more revenue, um, and then you get that opportunity to play that extra game. I don't think I'd have a problem with that. A five and seven, well, you, you, you know who, Stadium. you know who loves us right now if they're listening. CBS and NBC executives, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that paid a buttload of money for the number two and number three choice in this league. And I also think too that they part of that money was like to anticipate this happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, number two and number three, and, and here's the thing: you you think going into the season or going into the selection of the games, well, this will be the best one. Sometimes you get a blowout, and the one you think is going to be the best, and the second best or third best winds up being the best, like. There are going to be some bangers three and four deep in this schedule mm-hmm. every weekend. Yeah, No question. You're going to get a Michigan, Michigan State the same time as you get Ohio State, Wisconsin or, you know, USC, Iowa or something like that. And then, hey, by the time you get to three and four, you're in good shape. And I think the SEC, of course, has that when they go to 16. It's just going to be probably that on speed. So I, I love the way this is going to work out. I'll, I'll tell you what, though, you look at the Big Ten schedule this year and, and week two, and if you're CBS or NBC, you're balling your, your eyes out because there is nothing. CBS Every, is like, we paid how much for this? It is garbage week two. But don't They're, worry, CBS, it's coming. <laughs> you know, every decent, and I mean, there aren't really any good games, but every decent 
power five matchup is on the road. So you have like Illinois at Kansas, Iowa at Iowa State. I think Nebraska's at Colorado. So you have these games. I mean, you know, who wouldn't want Dion's debut at home? <laughs> but yeah. it's not going to be under the Big Ten purview. So uh, the rest of them, I think the best one will be like Youngstown State at Ohio State. So it's they're going to be hurting in week two this. So week. let let's finish up the league here. We've got Indiana's got Purdue and Illinois. We finished Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue, Indiana. Indiana has Purdue and Illinois. I gave Maryland Rutgers and Rutgers Maryland because congratulations. Yeah. Uh, but we've got to we've got to finish them out as well. Uh, who who wants to go to Chicago Land? Who wants to go to Evanston? They went in the old days when they had a two team uh, protected series. The one that got pushed at the very, very end was was Purdue Northwestern because Purdue is about a little over two hours away from the I Chicago. Like that one. I like Purdue Northwestern. I like the if we're if we're actually going to be historical about it, the early 2000s, basically cradle of of offensive innovation between those two schools. With Joe Tiller at, at mm-hmm. Purdue and and Randy Walker and and Kevin Wilson at Northwestern, like I like that. Let's do that. Okay, so let's let's add. But we've got one problem. We've got one problem uh, coming up, and that is the way it's setting up is Maryland and Rutgers would have to play each other twice <laughs> in the same year. No, yeah. no, no, no. They so wouldn't. somebody's going to play Northwestern because I yeah. got uh, Purdue plays Illinois, Indiana, Northwestern. Uh, Indiana is playing Purdue and Illinois. We can give them Ma- one of Maryland. Maryland or Rutgers. So let's give and, Indiana Maryland. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So we give, and, and so we're going to give Maryland, Indiana, and Rutgers. All right. And then Northwestern's got to play one more team. Rutgers. Okay. There you go. We're and good. then, but then you look at Maryland and Rutgers, they're playing, Maryland's playing Rutgers, Indiana, and nobody. And and then well, how did we come to this? This ha- this doesn't work this way. <laughs> it's because uh, Rutgers it cycled off uh, Penn State and Maryland cycled off Michigan State. So, but we've but we've already filled everybody else. How is this happening? I told you we're a bad at math podcast. This, this is, is a very bad math. I wish coming I could to see a head it. right now. Like how I, is this I can, possible? I can I can fix this very very quickly. Okay, good. Illinois so Illinois people. will play Rutgers. Okay. And instead of Indiana and Indiana will, uh, no, I'm sorry. Indi- Illinois will play Maryland and Indiana will play Rutgers and not. Illinois. Ah, gotcha. So okay. good job, Scott. Yeah. Thank you. The two people that we've had work us through this are way smarter than us. <laughs> well, that's why we bring them on Ari. Cause otherwise we'd never get this done. If so. you would have been like, fix this problem, Ari, we would be here till. <laughs> I don't know. Till I solved a Rubik's cube or spent a year in jail, I, I, I don't know which one it is. Yeah, this is this is the problem. Ari and I are not built for for math. Mm-hmm. That's like I'm just staring at my. I, I'm, I've got them written down in a file. On, I'm on not my even computer. looking at it, and I got anxious when he started saying that. We I'm were looking at it. And it's, yeah. it, it it's, it's like the opposite of Zach Galifianakis with the numbers coming at him in the Hangover. There's like, no I, numbers. It's just you're I'm standing just, there with a blank yeah, stare. Yeah. I'm just like. What do I do? I've I've messed up Maryland Rutgers again, <laughs> which is probably how the Big Ten feels a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I think a lot of people feel that about Rutgers and the Big Ten. But um. I'm just so glad you solved it for us, Scott. That Thanks, that Scott. makes it that makes me so happy. Yeah, 
Well, so it's, we've got it's uh, down at the very, very end. So I don't think that anybody will be too crushed if we've got Illinois instead of playing Indiana, they're playing Maryland. I don't think uh, TV. Yeah, at the bottom, what happens? Is it's uh, it's not our that's not our goal yeah. here. Our goal is to make it hot at the top and make the bottom work their way into hotness. Yeah. Exactly. And look, you can win. Like if you have a good, if this, if there's a really good Rutgers team, then. Th- it should probably go three and zero in these games, mm-hmm. and then you've got to go what, you know, three and three the rest of the way in the in the league, and you win your non conference games, and you're having a good season. You're having a great season for them. You'd be nine and three, and probably going to like a Citrus Bowl or something. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a historic year uh, for for Rutgers, and uh, yeah, I, that that's not a problem at all for them. And and I think here's the thing: people are going to look at Ohio State and going, "Oh my God, you got to play Michigan, Penn State, and USC." But you're going to play a mix of the others too, and right. uh, so it's it's not like you're going to be so overwhelmed. They're not going to say, "Okay, you're going to play Michigan State, Iowa, Wisconsin." Well, and we're going to feel like Ohio there. State was more tested, mm-hmm. and, and we're going to get to watch better games with more popcorn. Yeah. Yes, I, I listen. Just as when we did the SEC one, I cannot tell you how excited I am for this. This looks amazing. As I'm thinking about it, as it breaks out into a a weekly grid, and I, I again, if I'm a CBS or an NBC executive, obviously a Fox executive, doing backflips right now. Here's the thing that you're not accounting for too. Like there's some big time non conference games on the schedule in the next few years between the Big Ten and the SEC as well. So right. you're getting you're getting all these games that we've come up with on our fake schedule grid, but then you're also, uh, you know, getting those non-conference games too. So you might have nine. I mean, all I want really is the big dogs of the sport to play more than three interesting regular season games a year. And and I think you're getting that. You're going to get that. I mean, if you look at what Georgia was doing with their non-conference, now we'll see if they, if they keep all those games now that the SEC is probably going to go to nine, but I think the better programs were going to do that. I think the the Tom Izzo to to borrow mm-hmm. a Big Ten basketball coaches model, the Tom Izzo scheduling model is coming to football, where they're going to be programs that are like we're good every year. We get that that we might lose some of these, but we'll make the playoff if we go nine and three mm-hmm. against this schedule. So we're going to do it anyway, right? Yeah, and it's like your mid-majors who decide, you know what, we're going to bulk up in the non-conference and put ourselves in a position where if we accidentally lose the conference tournament, we still got a chance. And that's what the Big 12 and probably the Pac-12 and ACC need to look at is we need to bulk up the non-con because if we lose our championship game, we -hmm. still have an an outside chance to make the top 12. Mm -hmm. Oh, guys, and one one piece of news that that has happened while we were doing this – Todd Munkin obviously headed to the Baltimore Ravens, the Georgia offensive coordinator. Our Seth Emerson reporting that multiple sources have told him Mike Bobo is going to be promoted to, to offensive coordinator at Georgia. Obviously, Bobo, former Georgia quarterback, former Georgia offensive coordinator under Mark Richt. Run the damn ball, Bobo! <laughs> I don't think we have I actually think Mike Bobo is a, a, a very good offensive coordinator. I, I do enjoy the run the damn ball, 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 Bobo joke. And I do remember that time at South Carolina. When they were right on the goal line and he called a pass and it was a disaster. That said, I think given what they have and what he likes to do, it's a pretty good marriage and it's a guy Kirby Smart trusts. So yep. uh, I'm good with that. And it goes back to what we were saying when Nick Saban was looking for coordinators uh, and ended up hiring Tommy Reese. 
he didn't have anybody in the family he could promote. Like Kevin Steele was a guy he'd worked with before, so he, he, he went and hired him. Kirby lost his DC last year, had people ready to go, move them up, loses his OC this year, has somebody ready to go. Uh, Ala- uh, Georgia has become Alabama. Like That is what happened. Uh, another piece too, Andy, uh, Utah is keeping Andy Ludwood. Ludwig. That's yeah. How about that? How about Kyle and Whittingham? Notre Dame yeah. is 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 back to the drawing board. So yeah, yeah. So this will be it will be interesting to see what Notre Dame does. We we mentioned the other night Harry Heastan retired during the Super Bowl, the offensive line coach. So uh, mm-hmm. there are yeah you know, they're still in a state of flux, but they got a quarterback. Sam Hartman's there doing deadlifts still. I'm assuming I'm assuming he's just been doing deadlifts since he posted that video. When Tommy Reese took the Alabama mm-hmm. job, so uh, it, he they'll they'll be just fine. But guys, thank you so much for listening. This has been a pleasure, Scott. Thank you for enduring all of our Brian Ferentz questions. Uh, oh, and it was fun. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But well, that's buckle okay. up, buddy, because we got a whole other um, year of this. It's a whole season. Right? I'm, <laughs> I'm getting that 325 graphic prepared. We're gonna put that up in like May. <laughs> we just need the can't wait. You know, yodel in the background exactly. like on the prices right. Cliffhanger on prices right is one of my favorites. <laughs> we'll talk to you later.